Passion, drive, and patience. That's the formula for winning championships and is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. They have superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and much, much more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, they've got it all ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber and not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins let's keep your ride or die alive today at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Can I get an updated post-Kansas pickleball driver rankings? Since I heard... Yeah, I'm last. I'm, I stink. All right, we should go play that game that we never... Well, I mean, you still, wouldn't, you still wouldn't beat me. Okay. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Hey guys, welcome to Action Stitch Remittal. I'm Denny Hamlin, driving the number 11 Camry for Joe Gibbs Racing and co-owner of the winner, Tyler Reddick of 2311 Racing and Bubba Wallace. Um, welcome to the We're Not in Kansas Anymore version of Action's Detrimental. As you know, Birch Gold Group is our presenting sponsor. You can get your free info kit by texting Denny to 989898. Love Kansas. Um, had some great success there. Almost did it again, but I am a bridesmaid once again. Uh, fun race. Uh, we had a good off, uh, off the track week worth of news, uh, going on. Let's kind of dig into that a little bit. We had John Hunter Nemechek being named as driver of the 42 car. What's your thoughts on that, Jared? Uh, good for John Hunter. It's interesting seeing that car driven by Carson Josefar right now yeah. because Josefar looks pretty good in it where that car did not look very good with Noah in it the last mm-hmm. however many races. Yeah. So uh, I think it'll be it'll be interesting for, for, for John Hunter also considering that those guys are going to Toyota next year. Yeah, I think that John Hunter's definitely deserved his second shot in the Cup Series. Um, when he came in, um, he was you know very, very young. He was probably what three years ago or so three or four years ago he was in cup uh restarted his career went back down to the truck series won a bunch of races there um is went to the xfinity series and now is winning a bunch of races there which i have to imagine by the way takes a lot of um i don't know if confidence is the right word but when you're in the cup series right you're racing a cup car then to say okay i'm gonna take a couple steps back, go back to the truck series, and yep. hope hopefully I can reinvent myself and get back to the Cup Series. Yeah. Like that doesn't that doesn't happen too often. Yeah, I think a lot of drivers get caught up in oh I got to race on Sundays, and you know my advice to drivers that you know maybe are struggling in whatever division they're in is that winning at a lower division far exceeds being invisible in a higher series. Um, 
I think that uh, it was a very good strategic move on on John Hunter's part. Uh, obviously, with the Cup experience that he had, um, going back down to the Truck Series, he was going to have an advantage over the field. He he'd raced against really, really you know the best of the best stock car drivers, and so it made him better. So when he he went back down there and won races, you're like, okay, yeah, he is. He is, you know, he is pretty good, right? And and the equipment means so much uh, in the Cup Series, and that you just never really know until you go out, go down there, and, and you, you get a fair shake. And he's certainly done that, made the most of his opportunities. And yeah, my my certainly my advice if you're you're trying to make it up the ranks is make sure you're succeeding regularly at the level that you're at before you start taking a jump. Uh, a lot of drivers get caught up in the opportunity of, well, I can get a get in this ride in the Xfinity series, but you know, I'm like, what 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 number is that? Like, I don't, I haven't, you know, it's just going to be really hard for people to be able to see your abilities, you know, if your car is inferior, right? So then taking a step down and being in a more competitive ride is is in my mind the better better way to continue to advance and impress those who might be looking. Yeah, it keeps you at the front of everyone's yep. mind, right? Uh, yeah, when you know, regardless, you know, if if you're winning or you're in the headlines on Friday or Saturday, it far exceeds, far exceeds not even knowing that you're in a cup race on Sunday. If you're given a cup ride though nowadays, don't you just have to take it? Well, mm, why? That's what I'm saying is don't do that. Like, because I know it's very hard. There's only 36 spots. What if there's not another op? Like, yeah, yeah. You have to weigh the, all those options, right? And and you know, you kind of got to know what the landscape is of free agency. You know, when are key rides going to be coming available? Um, knowing when drivers' contracts are going to be done, all those are big factors, certainly, in any decision you might make. But I'm glad to see this one going to pan out for John Hunter. Obviously, the switch to Toyota next year for. Legacy should be a great move for them, and and I think that we're going to see him, you know, be far more competitive than he was first time around. Yeah. Speaking of him, he did win the Xfinity race on Saturday, uh, in which we had a bunch of shakeup in the Xfinity playoffs. Yeah, we did. It was um, this was a cutoff race, and and I agree with Dale Jr. that uh, the you kind of get confused on who's where. Like, are, are the trucks are in the playoffs now? Cups in playoff. Xfinity's not like. Yeah, if we can get all those schedules aligned a little bit more, that would be great. <laughs> but it was a cutoff race this weekend um, at Kansas for Xfinity. Um, you know, of the key key guys that you know kind of run up front regularly or run you know pretty consistently, um, you had Brandon Jones not make it and Riley Herps not make it. Um, you know, the the Brandon Jones is really interesting to me because you know I thought that he really was on a good path when he was with JGR and he certainly was more competitive I'm not really sure why you know the nine car shouldn't really be a step back in equipment um, which you know it's kind of uneducated to say I'm not really sure but he's just not it feel like he's regressed a little in performance this year I mean it's you know I would say the numbers would support that so it's not totally unfounded to say that um but it is surprising to to not make the playoffs and in, in in the nine car for junior motorsports all the junior motorsports cars you would think are, are capable of winning on a weekend week out basis um justin algar continues to be the flagship 
guy. Um, Sam Mayer's had his moments, and Josh Berry is – he's been kind of middle of the road as far – you know, he's not really leading the pack of JRM cars much uh, any of the weeks, uh, but he's very solid. Um, so, yeah, it, it certainly comes as a surprise that Brandon Jones didn't make it. Riley Herps, uh, on the other hand, I do feel like, you know, it's it's tough to say this because he didn't make the playoffs, but I think Riley Herps has gotten better. Um, I certainly have seen stuff in his race craft that makes me believe that he has gotten better at, at, at his craft at a race car driver. Um, you know, they just didn't work out. They, they looked like they were in a pretty good position early in that race and, you know, had... Uh, I believe they had uh, a tire blowout or something of that nature. But they had issues, went laps down, got it back, and then they didn't quite fix the car as good as they could have, and then his race was over. You can't come back from multiple laps down multiple times. So he made a charge back through, but it it didn't work out uh, for him. So I'm still, you know, looking forward to, to... what Riley can do in the future um, because I, I think that uh, he's certainly shown that he's, he's improving. I, that's, that's a good thing. He's improving. Uh, but on the other hand of this, you had, you know, many others, you know, lock themselves in. I guess one of the bubble guys would be Parker Klingerman. Uh Really happy for Parker. I'm a huge fan of Parker's and his race craft. I think he does a great job. He always gets the most out of the equipment that he's got. Um, not that you're we're downing his equipment whatsoever, but it's certainly you know, this is a fairly new team. So you know, you're going up against some of the powerhouses of the Xfinity series and and beating them and putting them you know himself in position to make the playoffs, which he did. That's a great. You know, it says a lot about Parker and his ability as a race car driver. So I uh, really appreciate him as a person as well. That guy works really really hard. You'll see him on most TV shows or working for NBC on Sundays and doing talk shows during the week. Uh, and he, he still finds a way to, uh, and also does a podcast yeah, with he's Landon a Swiss Castle. Army knife. Yeah. I think they're the Money Lap. If you want to tune into the Money Lap guys, uh, they're, they're great to hear. Um, but yeah, he's done a great job and he, he stepped up to the plate this weekend and performed great. Yeah. A Swiss Army knife type of guy. Yeah. He, he definitely <laughs> is for sure. Who does your, uh, Predictions for the Xfinity uh, championship for if you were just look at it right now. Um, let's see. I mean, obviously, John Hunter's in there, right? He, yep. He's going to be, uh, you know, really tough to beat. Austin Hill, um, you know, I think he, while he's not a guy that just goes up there and leads a bunch of laps and dominates races. He always manages to get the best out of his finishes. Um, and so I would, you know, I'd say based on speed, um, you're going to have, you know, the 20, the 7, um, the 21 maybe in there. Um, give me some, Give me some more names. You've got well, let's, just, let's just run through the Xfinity playoffs. You got John Hunter, Austin Hill, Justin Allgaier, Cole Custer. These are in order, by the way, mm-hmm. of playoff points. Cole Custer, Sam Mayer, Chandler Smith, Josh Berry, Sheldon Creed, Sammy Smith, Jeb Burton, Daniel Hemrick, and Parker Kligerman. Okay. All right. So if we're doing this off of speed, I think there's a clear cut for you've got 
the 7 of Algaier, the 20 of Nemechek, the 21 of Hill, and the double zero of Custer. I think that those guys stand apart as, as far as consistently being the fastest in the series. Now, you have others, such as, you know, you'll have Sam Mayer have some weeks where he shows flashes, and he'll be the fastest JRM car or the fastest car on the track. Josh Berry, uh, not as much, but still, he has you know, certain racetracks that fit his style really well. Um, I think they do they I think they probably run Martinsville, which would be a great track for him uh, with an opportunity to get into the final four. Um, those are the next guys in in my instant, you know, in my thoughts. But it never goes chalk. It never goes how you think it is. I asked uh, on this episode um, a few weeks ago when it comes to the cup playoffs, who in the top eight is not gonna make it? Zero said Martin Truex. Now he 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 could go out there and run really well at Bristol and and put himself above, but you just never know. Like it, it it never goes as planned because this is such a small sample size of 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 playoff. You know these three race cutoffs that you just never know. It just takes two bad weeks and bam, you're out. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games, and who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code DENNY to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on the DraftKings Sportsbook with code DENNY. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. For state-specific disclaimers, check the show notes. 21 and older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See DraftKings.com backslash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. See DKNG.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gambling resources. The crown is yours. Let's do a little NASCAR 101. Uh, we did this a few weeks ago, uh, but want to do it again and kind of keep our newly uh, listening fans educated on the on the you know racing and what what's going on. So this segment is presented by the Birch Gold Group. If you want to learn more about Birch Gold Group, you can get a free info kit by texting Denny to nine eight nine eight nine eight. Well, NASCAR one hundred one this week. I want to talk about the penalty that Ty Majeski's team got um, NASCAR this year. Um, we helped change this where they view, they're now showing off all the illegal, uh, parts or pieces that they might deem, you know, that, that warranted a penalty. Um, love it. NASCAR keep doing it. They showed basically a, uh, valve stem cap, uh, that basically when you screw it on, it leaks air out of the tire, right? So it, it's letting air out of the tire um, and on short tracks, big, you know, big tracks, not as much, but it's still a factor. Um, you know, it is a huge advantageous way of getting more grip in your car or truck in the long run, because, um, what we want to educate you on is why would you want to let air out of the tire, right? If you, if you're in your street car, 
you're letting air out of your tire, you're just going to get a big warning light and you got to go to the gas station and fill it up. Well, in racing, you want to have your air pressures at, you know, the tires make an optimum amount of grip at a certain air pressure, right? So it's a combination of the pressure and the heat that it builds, right? So we start on short tracks, our tires very, very low in air because as it builds heat and we start racing, the temperature goes up, the air pressure of the tire goes up. And what we try to do is, you know, basically make the tire through the course of the run average out its optimum air pressure. So it will always end above the optimum pressure that it makes grip at. Right. So if we can leak air out of it, it allows twofold, two things to happen. A, you can be faster in the short run because you can put more air in it to start. So you're quicker to get going. And then if it bleeds air out, you're staying in that, you're ra- staying in that range. range. Yeah. You're much, much longer. And even, you know, at the end of, of a run when the tires are hot and slick and they built so much air pressure, I mean, you're sliding all around. If, if all the teams could just go into the pits at the end of a, let's just call it a 30 lap run on a short track and take two pounds of air out of all the tires they would run significantly faster. So why don't you bleed that air out to start to make it in there? It's because A, you will be so slow on the front end, you'll be terrible, and you risk damaging the tire, the internals of the tire, and then you risk blowing it. So bleeding tires has been around for a very long time. It used to be, you know, it was legal in the late mile stock, short track days. We used to run actual bleeders um, that would, you know, you hear them popping off whenever they get to a certain temperature, Mm -hmm. boom, they pop off and you hear whistling sounds. Um, Time of Jesse's team, um, Joe Shear Jr., who's um, very, uh, he's got a rep for for this kind of stuff. Um, You know, listen, I didn't, I'm just, don't beat up the middleman. I'm just reporting the news here. Um, You know, they got busted putting this valve stem cap on that it almost looked like a little, welded yeah just a zip of weld on top of it so where when you screw the cap down it pushes down on that valve and allows it to leak air where where this team <laughs> they screw, like it was whistling or making a noise while going through inspection so um can you I, what, it's what? hard for me to really justify what the hell these guys were thinking but they just dominated the, they just dominated the two previous short short tracks. What in the hell were they doing with that thing in the third race that meant nothing to them? First of all, I think you should be hammered when you get if you get caught doing this. Like their penalty was small considering how it illegal. made it worth it. Oh, I think it was worth it. Right, you they got, got, your, a, they you got your race win. Yeah, they got the race win. So it. You know, that's, that's irrelevant. So it's the more concerning thing is that, you know, a, how long have they been doing it? Who knows? Right. Um, I think it, it just, when you dominate the races, like they did, you're going to throw up a red flag to the NASCAR officials anyway. And it just was neglect on their part to just assume that they were going to just keep getting away with this. Um, so good for for nascar for busting them it, it obviously is a really bad look for the team and and hopefully like we talked about you know 
showing it off like this shames the team enough to deter them from doing that, right? I mean, because this is an egregious thing. This isn't an accident. It right. wasn't, you know, I didn't mean to, like it was a deliberate, egregious uh, way to cheat. And that's a tough word, but it's honestly, you know, if you do it, that's that's your fault. What's your overall view on, on cheating in general, right? Because obviously this sport has a long history of pushing the boundaries. Like if we found out, after the championship that Ty Majeski won and they were doing this all through the playoffs, right? And they had this advantage. Would you look down upon that championship? Absolutely. It's like, it's like oh, this, you know. Absolutely. They I mean, you should because it's they didn't win it fair and square. We all. But what about years ago when everyone was pushing the boundary? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? Is Chad Canals kind of had this rep, you know, in, in the Cup Series for a long time with Jimmy is that, you know, he would back then it was innovative, right? He was right. very, very innovative. So Ray Everham was before Chad. Like it, it just, you had, you know, maybe it was Dale Inman before that. Like, like looking back at that now, it's kind of romantic a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Because the rules, they were playing in areas that the rules didn't cover, right? Uh, that doesn't mean NASCAR always liked it, but it, they just, they found a way to twist things around that, weren't meant to be twisted around, but there was no rule saying you couldn't. So these guys were very innovative to get speed out of their cars in areas that you 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 are allowed to explore. Um, what's different in this case is that this is a blatant, you are breaking the rules, you are cheating. So um, that's that's the difference. I mean, the, the purest of our sport probably doesn't like next gen because there is no room for being innovative right i mean for the most part nascar is trying to get us to run all the same lego box car that that here's your 200 piece lego set you can put it together any way you want but you have to run these 200 pieces of lego right um that's what nascar wants now that probably relates into the being tougher to pass because all the cars are running very close in speed but you know this was this is a little bit different than the innovation of the past right and and it's very difficult. That's why it's always very difficult to compare drivers and teams from the past to now the present, because you know the the teams in you know the crew chief's innovative mind or the team's innovative minds don't aren't able to really work as much as they were before, right? This is a simulation world. This is a driver world where you know those are the biggest X factors in and how you're going to perform week in week out. Um, it you know at Joe, Joe Gibbs Racing. We just used to, you know, beat the crap out of everybody because our chassis, we would innovate a chassis for many years that would always come out. First one would come around the Coke 600. The second one would come around a week or two before the playoffs. And we knew when we got these big car upgrades, these new chassis, it was going to be a significant gain for us. And so there was always significant parts of the date, uh, dates and time in the schedule where we knew we were about to release our latest and greatest. Um, the problem with that is the cost was was so high for, you know, by the time we release one car, the next car is nearly almost done, and we're already starting to work on the car 1C. Like, it's, it's that far ahead of the schedule. And so it used to be fun times because, I mean, we would go out there and the cars would feel so different. You're like, oh, my gosh, but it's so much faster. Um a lot of that would come from underbody stuff or lower uh, CG, which is center of gravity. Um, 
It used to be some fun times back in the day when the teams could really kind of show off their ingenuity. F1 still has it, right? They're underbody. Like it's, I follow Dr. Dobbs and, and whatnot uh, at F1. It's so fascinating to hear like their commentary on, well, here's the underbody from Red Bull or here's the underbody from, you know, McLaren. Look at the difference. Like here's what they're trying to do by bending these angles and whatnot. Like that is so interesting to me, but you know, some people just don't care about that stuff. So, um, but to kind of wrap this up, they, uh, they elementarily, uh, egregiously, uh, cheated and they got caught and we'll see if this equals different results when we go back to the next short track. Certainly at Milwaukee, he was not nearly as strong as what he was at, uh, at, at the other short track. so Well, we are going to a short track this yeah. weekend. So I got a question, though. You said that it, you like them the showing off the part because it might embarrass them, but do you think that also allows people to see what they did wrong and maybe try to come up with another way to yeah. do it? You can, but, I mean, that's why this, the penalty should be so severe. It should be just but also, way if, harder if than team, what they got. If a team gets caught breaking rule A, why would another team then go back and try also to break rule a right like i feel like if you're because if another they, team was going to because try to they do saw this, how I, big of an advantage it was i understand but now you'd have to think that nascar's eyes are going to be on this yeah but what they're so gonna going what forward. what the other team what travis is saying is that yeah but now another team might say well we can come up with a different way to leak air out of our tires you know it used to be you know i'm i won't call names but there was no doubt some people in the cup series that were putting pinholes in the sidewalls of their tires. Absolutely. They'd put them, I mean, they would take the tiniest hairline, you know, thumbtacks, drill bits, whatever it is, and drilling the sidewall of the tire to let leak air. I'm just saying, don't you think NASCAR will be paying a little bit more attention to this specific issue going forward in case other teams are trying to to do the same? Yes. Yes. So if you're going to cheat... Go find it elsewhere where they're not looking that are that hasn't already been red flagged. Yes, you would think so. But this this is you. I mean, this is where you can gain the most, which is why NASCAR says don't with our tires, our right. engines our fuel. Right. That they, those are just the things that they do not want you messing with. Now, the argument is that, well, they didn't mess with the tire. They messed with the another part right but it's you're still it's the tire assembly so um i think nascar should be on high alert all through the playoffs every series i think you need to be out there dunking tires on a regular uh especially short track i mean all tracks uh homestead could be another one dunk tires you know anywhere where the lower the air the faster you go dunk tires randomly pick pick a set off of you know 10 cars that are up at the front. Uh, you don't need to be dunking the twentieth place cars' tires. Like the guys that are up front, go go put them and see if they're leaking any air. Uh, what they do when I say dunk them, they have a big, basically a water tank. They just put the tire in it and see if it bubbles. <laughs> you know, so um, it it's uh, that's NASCAR should be on high alert for it for sure. I don't, you know, this we're we're really beating up on the 98 team right now but you know this has been around for a long time and there's been a lot of teams get away with it for a long time that you know that that have been doing this as well so um yeah 
NASCAR is going to be on high alert for it for sure. Uh, but we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. Um, NASCAR 101 segment was brought to you by the Birch Gold Group. The precious metals can be a great way to diversify your savings. So learn more about the benefits with no cost or obligation. Just text Denny to 989898. Is Coke Zero Sugar the best Coke ever? I know that's a bold question, but it's got that irresistible taste to back it up. Well, one thing's for sure, when you've got an irresistible match like zero sugar and zero calories, something sensational is bound to happen. It's like when me and my co-host Jared team up to make a podcast. It's too bad you can't taste with your ears because Coke Zero Sugar tastes so amazing, it's hard to put it into words. But hey, that's my job, at least on Mondays. You have to taste it for yourself. Coke Zero Sugar, the best Coke ever. Should we move to the cup race now? Sure, let's do it. Um, the cup race uh, was, uh, they, they got to, I guess, rename it to 2311 Racing but, uh, Speedway. By, by the way, fun, fun fact about the cup race, or Kansas in general, since starting working in NASCAR, I've never not been to Kansas and not, been to victory lane in some sort of capacity oh yeah because i went there to you've won two or three times i saw i don't know something like that yeah um yeah well i certainly was hoping to add to that uh as we were cruising there towards the victory inside 10 laps to go um that was that was one of the more painful second place finishes like uh, when when Kurt won, I was really ex- emotionally excited. You know, I was really excited. Um, Bubba won, really excited again. Now this one, it's just like I was more definitely more pissed off as a driver than I was happy as an owner. Right. Well, you didn't have the race in in you know in my with, grasp. Yeah. Yeah. With six to go. Yeah, I, that's for sure. But um, yeah, I just I. I, I found myself definitely more in driver mode this weekend of like, you know, yeah, it's happy, happy for them. Right. It, it was almost painful for me to go to victory lane and, you know, I, I loved it. Like even today, I'm really happy for the 45 team 2311 because those are my guys. I mean, uh, all those guys, you know, say, thanks boss. Like, and I forget that at times that like, yeah, these are, these are my guys. Right. Um, but having to take a picture with Tyler right next to the trophy that he stole from me <laughs> sucks. Oh, it sucks so bad. But, you know, if I'm going to lose out because of the late race caution, like I'm so happy at least it was them versus uh, somebody else. I mean, golly, had Logano won that race, you know, because I mean, right, after being tire- an absolute non-factor whatsoever, boy, that would have that would have stunk even worse um but yeah at least tyler was able to get it done um he's been competitive the last two weeks in a row staying up front so they capitalized on the opportunity but you know the race itself i thought you know kind of talking about the race we had kyle larson leading early looks like he was dominant i um the radio played back or I'm sorry, the TV played back audio from my end car on one of the cautions. I think this was between like the first and second stage where I said, these guys, they don't know yet. Like, yes, I'm hanging around this fourth to seventh for right now, but I know what my car is capable of. And I'm like, they, what I say on there, I was like, they don't know what's coming. These guys up front do not know what's coming. And what I was talking about was us 
we were we were about to make a charge. Um, I, I kind of know right away in the race whether I've got the feel I need to have in the car to be fast and competitive. I know really right away. But at that point, then I just manage my risk. I manage my, I make sure I keep myself in the race until the end, right? I'd love to go up there and win all the stages and get all the bonus points. But my objective first is to win the race. So I just probably am a little bit more cautious when I know I've got a race winning car and it takes me a little bit longer to get to the front. Guys like Kyle Larson or Reddick or some of these guys are lightning fast. They can just, they blow through the pack and they're at front in no time. Me, it takes a little bit longer because I'm, I'm working into it. I'm making sure I don't make a mistake. And because ultimately it's about timing towards getting to the front, right? Um, how many laps did Tyler Reddick lead yesterday? Two, two. So it, you know, that's what really pays in the end. So I just knew right from the drop that we were, we were going to be good. Uh, I, I wasn't that confident overnight. Uh, my crew chief, Chris Gabehart says, take a breath. We're going to be fine. You're going to drive through the drive to the front. Like you always do at this track. I'm like, yeah, but Chris, I, you know, that's the past. Like it's not, you know, I can't wrestle in laurels. I don't, you know, I, I can't just say, well, we've done it before. You're just going to do it again. I'm like, Chris, I don't know. The guys have, other guys have gotten better, and I just don't feel like my car has got the it. But the green flag, it's something about the Toyotas especially, generally, when the track gets rubbered up and hot and slick, it just seems like that's when they really, they really come on and, and, and be strong, or at least our 11 team for sure. Um, I don't know what it is about that track. I mentioned it on TV as well that it takes me a day to get up to speed at that track. Now, I can run fast for a lap or so, but it just seems like my technique, my setup, whatever it might be, until that track gets blackened off, rubbered up, and slick, that's when I go forward, like way forward, really fast. Um, you don't, I don't see it in practice times. I don't feel it in the car. Darlington's the very, the same exact way. I was very middle of the pack in practice there, but they dropped the rag, man. It's just, we've been on it the last two weeks and been super dominant. I would have loved to seen myself and Kyle heads up there at the end. I thought that, you know, he felt he had. I think a lot of people would have liked to see that. Yeah. Yeah. You would have especially, right? Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was, I would have loved to seen us kind of race up front straight up we kind of got off sequence with those guys when Cliff made the decision to keep him out that one restart. I'm actually very surprised he fell back as far as he did, though. I guess once you lose one spot, you're, it's just you lose a ton. But, man, Chase Elliott was able to make that strategy work, and he stayed out and got the lead and held it really to all to the last couple laps before the stage, and Larson dropped like a rock. So Kyle was very good up front. Um, I saw him making a pretty good charge at the end as well. Like he was, I was watching his interval to the lead. Now that was still expanding, but he was racing guys and continuing to march through the top 10. So I think he, he was very strong. Um, us, the five, the 45 were consistently what I saw the, the best cars. There was other guys like the six and the nine that were up there, but they just were, I could just tell they didn't have the speed to like, once they led to go dominate. Right. Well, that's what Brad said on the radio driver, the six car, um, is that, Hey, once, once you pass them, you passed him, that's all I got. Those cars are just faster. 
Yeah, yeah, you could see it. I mean, Brad's pit crew, holy moly. They gained him so many spots throughout the day and finally got to the front. And, you know, it was like, what, you know, I couldn't believe it. I thought he had, honestly, he had probably like an eighth to 10th place speed car, you know, but they just continued to execute super well. And, you know, um, yeah, they they put themselves in contention and didn't get quite the finish they they thought they probably deserved. Uh, But yeah, it was, it was a fun race. And, you know, Kansas is a track that we have always kind of, I don't know, it took a long time to mature, but now that it is mature and, and that means the pavement is getting older. Um, it's a, it's a racy track, man. Gosh, it's, it's one of the best tracks that we have on our schedule for racing. Um, certainly hope Mr. Ben Kennedy keep putting mile and a half on the track. This next gen car, while it is a struggle on road courses and short tracks, it is an ass kicker on the mile and a half. And, um, man, they're, this some of the best racing, you know, this, like the old Chicago land speedway would be awesome for the next gen car now. Cause it, it's going to be, a, it would be a lot like Kansas. So let's talk about Martin Truex jr. He had an issue on Saturday and then Sunday, what three laps into the race. Yeah. It's over. It was interesting. He was really tight. Well, what that tells me is maybe that it was leaking air. Um, almost inadvertently like the time just, <laughs> yeah, he was leaking air. Shooting. So it gained grip for the right rear tire for a small period of time. And it probably made him plow tight, but eventually the air got then so low it blew the tire out. So man, that is some bad, bad luck. And that is just this format, <sighs> this format of like, he could be not making the next round or, or he could survive Bristol and then be the number one seat again. Yep, back to normal. <laughs> it's just, it's just crazy how it can flip. But he's had two bad weeks in a row. Um, you know, this one's certainly not his doing or his team's doing. Just some absolute horrible luck to get uh, um, a punctured tire there, running over something that's sitting on the racetrack that uh, blew out his tire. So, more than likely, um, as early as it happened. It probably had, he probably ran over something before uh, we went green or when we were driving down pit road doing our pit road speeds. Um, that probably punctured the tire, I would think. Um, it started leaking air from that point. He started off the race, he was plowing tight, which means the right rear had plenty of grip. And then it got so low, it blew out and he had lost control. So that's terrible for Martin. I look at the points and I'm like, Man, he's he's going to have to beat historically really really good drivers at Bristol where a track where he hasn't been that strong. Um either way, we're going to have a big name miss the first first cut, right? I mean, you know, I don't mean to fast forward ahead of the playoffs, but I'm looking I mean, you can't ignore it. The Truex is minus 7 now and he's going to have to either beat the next guy, Harvick plus seven, Logano plus 12, Bell plus 13, Busher plus 13, Chastain 18. I would say if he gets in and replaces, let's not include Kyle Busch, the Chastain versus Harvick, Chastain, Busher, Bell, Logano, Harvick, any or Antruex, if any one of those guys misses it, that is an upset in the first round. Would you agree? Yeah. Not as big as if. 
Truex misses it, obviously, but yes, it'd be it'd be an upset. Because um, I, you know, we talked about you know Chris Busher's a guy who could see the round of eight. You know, with mm-hmm. with the recent success they had, if he doesn't make it out of this first round, then yes, that's that's an upset. Yeah, I think no matter what, we're gonna have. Um, now again, Logano has just not been as strong. Yeah, and I don't know year. if I, if Harvick gets knocked out, I'd call that an upset either. I get it, but he's still Kevin Harvick, man. He's still the guy is just amazing as far as getting the results, the best result for what his car is capable of. I mean, his team cars are just not running well at all. He, you know, besides the RFK cars, the Fords just aren't doing well. Um, but but Kevin Harvick is and RFK is. Like, so they're finding a way for sure. Um Rodney and him are just they're grinders and they they find a way but they're in the danger zone for sure the good news is we're going to a short track where aerodynamics won't mean quite as much so the Fords have been good on these you know the Bristol shorter type racetracks so you've got one two three three Fords there that are in that kind of danger zone of um of the playoff bubble um you know, when I look at the point standings, though, what the media and what people might see is, well, he's fine. I can tell you as a driver, the people that are nervous is from Blaney down. Keselowski, he's plus 33. He knows that is, unless he crashes early, he's he's probably going to be in a good spot. He's probably resting okay this week. I just think the Blaney plus 25 and below are the guys that are like, oh, man, I can't, I can't screw up this weekend. Like you can't have any, anything bad happen. You can't have any bad luck. Yeah, correct. Um, the Chastain, the 18 plus 18 to Harvick plus seven, they could lose on outright points. They don't have to screw up. They just, if they don't perform well, they could be out. So, there's more guys on the on the nervous bubble than there is on the actual bubble. Um, so, uh, you know, you got Bubba 19 back, Stenhouse 22, even though he runs good at Bristol, uh, gaining 22 on some of these other guys will be very difficult unless he finishes top five of both stages, um, which is, it, it's doable, but he's still going to need some some other some more of these cars here to run poorly or have a poor race. McDowell needs to win. Um so it's going to be an exciting weekend as far as that's concerned. I think that uh there's there's a lot of guys that are nervous and certainly no one saw this Truex thing happening two races into the playoffs. Yeah, I found it fascinating though that Bristol has not been a good track for Truex over the years. I know four top 10s that's wild. like top tens. Yeah, you'd think by accident driving a good car, you'd just happen to finish ninth or something more often I, than not. Yeah, I, Gibbs cars have been good there. Um, I don't know. You know, who knows? You could probably break them all down and figure, see that. Now, I, I mean, I remember he's had loose wheels. I think he had loose wheel last year, year before, uh, and went multiple laps down and stuff like that. So he's certainly had his fair share of bad luck, but. He's going to have to go there and run really well. Um, where results have shown that 
he hasn't had the res- the finishes that uh, that show that he's going to go up there and beat these guys. So, but I mean that nineteen team is they were number one seed for reasons because they performed well at every racetrack they they attended this year. So Martin will be motivated. James Small and that team they'll they'll find a way. I think they just uh, these are these are racers and and they they know how to win and I think they're going to show up in Bristol and be be fast. What do you think ultimately needs to happen for him to just to be, advance? Just like, be solid. Need, yeah. I think he needs to finish in the, like you know, will he finish let's say he finishes 15th. Will he make with no stage points? Will he advance because of where he finished or is it going to be because a guy above the bubble If he finishes 15th issue? with no stage points, no, he doesn't make it. No. He needs he needs at least I believe he's going to need 12 stage points. Okay, and then he's going to need to finish in the top ten. So that's a sixth. That's a really a good day, s- huh? That would be a really no, good. No, right, hold on. That's a fifth, fifth, right? One, two, three, four. Five. Yeah. So he's going to need to finish fifth or sixth in each stage. Get twelve stage points, and if he finishes in the top ten, one of these other guys. Blaney, Bush, Chastain, Busher, Bell, Logano, Harvey. One of them will have a subpar day, and he will, and he will get it. So, um, still, regardless, that means he's going to have to knock one of these other guys out. That you know will be, will be a, a name that we expected to to move on. Maybe they, maybe they haven't had the car speed. Maybe they haven't shown up like Logano and Harvick so far this year on speed. But they're still a name, and they're superstars in our sport that find ways to make it to Final Fours yeah. and win championships. Did you see the drama yesterday between Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson on pit road? I did. Um, I actually found quite quite humor. And uh, <laughs> Bob Hawkers' tweet when he was asking uh, Chase Elliott, was like, you know, what, what message were you sending to <laughs> Larson? <laughs> And uh, after you left pit road, when you swerved out, he was like, "Message? Uh, there was no message." Like you like question him, like, "What are you talking about, Bob? Why why are you asking me this question? I don't want you to ask me this question." But I, I found it super humorous. Uh, obviously, uh, if you know Chase is to get the bigger scope of it, he's going to see that Larson kind of had no choice. Uh, the six car was coming out of his pit box. They were four wide on a you know, two and a half wide um, racing surface there on pit lane. So it was just that kind of stuff does happen often, but Chase can't see that either, right? He he sees that he's got a car on the outside. He sees he's got a teammate on the inside, and he's like, you know, hey, teammate, if you're going to run into someone, run into the guy on the left. Don't run into your teammate on the right. That's probably what his mindset was. Right. So just a quick reaction. It's happened. just a quick reaction. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And I think that... Uh, um, you know, cooler heads will prevail there. I, I don't, I don't think anyone did anything wrong, but between those two. So, you know, what about him during Kyle though, after that? Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm talking so about. So like would, if Kyle, if Tyler and Bubba had that incident, would you go to him afterwards that you can't door him and your frustration, you know? Yeah, probably, probably. It, um, it affects both their race cars. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Chase just kind of was super angry in the moment, right? Um, I'm no, I'm really not sure. I, it's tough for me to kind of speculate on what Chase Elliott was, was thinking there. All he saw was that his teammate turned right and 
ran into the side of him. So, um, yeah, certainly he, he knew that it was for no reason, but he probably was thinking, like I was saying, is that, hey, if you're going to have to make contact, do it with the, the other guy, not not your teammate, right? Let's not avoid the six to hit the nine. So that's probably what he was thinking. But um, one thing I did notice, though, is the nine car is running better. Uh, they were up front most of the race, and I think that their you know, chase is getting the most out of his car. I'm, I, I raced around him quite a bit yesterday, and, I mean, he's he's wheeling it and getting all he can out of it. That That is absolutely sure. Um, did it have the all-out speed that the five car had? Yeah, probably not. Um, again, I didn't get to race much around Kyle either. He was up front when I was kind of you know, screwing around in fifth place uh, at the early stages. Um, but yeah, it, it looks like you know the nine is starting to to get better, and and you know, I think that they're going to be continuing to get better as the playoff goes on. And they're still racing for the owners' championship, which matters. And you know, you don't know. We, none of us know in his driver contract, right? Does he? Will he still get bonuses? And that is a factor in motivation for a driver. Will he get bonuses based off of where the car finishes in points? Because that's how where his that's how NASCAR will pay Rick Hendrick is how does that nine car do? And you would think with contracts nowadays, and especially Hendrick Motorsports, who had um, the five car last year being the owner's final four, but Kyle Larson was not, they probably have some provisions in there to where it's, you know, wherever the car finishes, you get paid off of what the car does, not your individual, right? And so, um, you know, we had that instance with Bubba this year at 2311, right? He's, the cars will finish no higher than 17th in points this year, uh, but Bubba can go on and finish really high for himself. Um, but, you know, it's just every driver contract is very different, so you just don't know whether, you know, there's some big bonuses in there for um, Chase if he continues to, keep moving that nine car through the playoffs. Do you think he finds his way to victory lane before the season's over? Um, I think he's going to be very close, but no. I say that cautiously because he still drives for Hendrick Motorsports. He's still Chase Elliott. Like he's still an upper echelon elite um, driver. So it just seems like they've, they just got off track a little bit, and, and a lot of it is you know, he was out for a while. And then, you know, he just it takes a while to get in your rhythm. You know, the 11 team, me, Denny Hamlin, it takes me a long time, it seems like, to get going in a season, right? And I and I participated in all the races this year. So it just – that's one of the things that's very unique. Um, but I'm – there are – average finish has always been there. For the while, this, this season, he's had the – best average finish so he, he still he still finds a way to to grind a great finishes but i'm seeing him run better now like his average running position in the race of the nine cars is better so i i'm gonna say cautiously no but the roval if there's a chance like the roval is it for chase i just think that i've seen him drive from the back to the front at that racetrack before with a car that ran into the tire barriers so um I, I wouldn't count him out for sure. What happened on that final restart yesterday? The final restart. Uh, I was looking backwards instead of forwards. Um, you know, this is a problem in our series for sure. And it seems like I, I, I want to encourage the fans, look at the aerial 
video of the final restart, it looks like the most, I hate to say, it looks like an ARCA restart. There's cars spread out all over the front stretch. And that, the, all that is because somebody started laying back, then somebody else started reacting to laying back, they laid back, then the next car laid back. And, and if you look, there was two rows organized, and that was the first two rows of the field. Everyone else was spread way out because everyone's playing these stupid games at the end that's bullshit that you know they're trying to lay back and essentially what happens is when we take off for a restart it is a drag race these cars don't have a whole lot of power so we're wide open all the way until we get to turn three so if you're able to roll speed so if two cars take off in a drag race which one is going to get to the start? And if they're all equal on speed, right? The guy, which one is going to get to the finish line first? The one that is starting at 47 miles an hour or the one that starts at 45 miles per hour? It's the 47 because he has got that two-mile-per-hour two advantage from the start to the finish. Right. You, so he is trying to roll speed to keep that, you know, his mile-per-hour up through the entire, all the way until turn three. Well, NASCAR has said... Uh, stop the laying back. They've said it, but they haven't done anything about it yet. Um, I would suspect this week uh, that they do address it. Um, I I talked uh, with some NASCAR officials uh, when I was congrat. I went into the garage uh, during inspection of the 45 and the 11 after I got done with the media stuff as the owner. And I saw a NASCAR official in there and uh, they brought it to my attention where it was like, you know, that last restart was just not good. And, you know, we got to, we got to address it. And I says, listen, I agree. I, I made it look even worse because I'm, I was a guilty party in reacting to what I saw behind me. Right. And so it's just starting to become a trend where these guys are laying way back and they're getting a run. And so the advantage, why it's, let me tell you why it's not right. If you're starting behind someone, you didn't earn the right to overtake them. Like they're up front because they earn that position throughout the day. And you should not have an advantage over them on a restart if you're behind them. The advantage should be for the front cars and then the next cars and then the next row and the next row and next row. It shouldn't be whoever lays back the most has the biggest advantage because if I let the person behind me lay back, what happens is they start their mile per hour sooner then they, they are able to split me one way or the other, either to the left or to the right. And the track is wide enough to where they will be able to do that. So it's just, it's not a good look for our series. It looks really disorganized. Um, it, it's not fair to the front cars for certain. Uh, what I should have done in retrospect was just stay on the bumper of the eight car. It would have gave me the opportunity to take the, the spot that the 45 did, but I was trying to react to, listen, I, I don't want to let the five car just go back there and lay, lay back so far that he gets a huge run through one and two. And next to no, I'm, I'm the guy split three wide top or three wide middle when, when I earned the position to be in front. So it's just, they, they need to, the, the only way they can to do this if they don't want to black flag someone, well, maybe they do need to black flag people, but they just need to say, immediately nope yellow stop stop you know we're going to redo this again they do it in dirt racing all the time when they don't have a start that is not the way it should be immediately throw the caution we're going to restart you right back where you were 
car X, Y, Z, Q. This is your warning. This is your warning. You, you guys laid back. You do it again, you are going to the back. So I think they, you know, they can abort a start or just say, hey, listen, the furthest car up front that does it, he the start is aborted and we're gonna we're gonna do this again. And car Z, who did this, you're you're going to the back. Uh, because it just it's not a good again, there's multiple reasons why you shouldn't do it or NASCAR shouldn't allow it. Um, but it's getting out of hand um, on these bigger racetracks for sure. Yeah, I guess in hindsight, though, you you think you would have won the race had you just started normally behind who eight, knows? considering yeah, I mean, Reddick was able to who drive knows? Yeah, I mean, I certainly would have been beside Reddick uh, as we went into turn one, but then I would have had the five car coming 10 miles an hour faster than me, and I would have had to, I would have been defenseless against it, and he would have gone to the top and then put me three wide middle. So, yes, I would have had a great initial restart, but my turns one and two, I was going to get, I mean, just blown by by the car laying back on me. So, and you, I'm watching this replay over and over again. You might have just been behind Reddick still going into turn two. Yeah, maybe not. I wouldn't have been as far behind him. Because he's in the middle between Kyle Busch and whoever's on the bottom. I guess if you don't get around Reddick, then you're in the middle between Larson and yeah. Chase. I mean, ifs and buts. You know, it's a, it's easy to kind of think about you know what would happen if, but regardless, it didn't happen. It did look he, funky. He, I remember. I was it looked there bad. On, did thinking, you see it? Did you see like even beyond the first five rows how bad it was? Yeah, I think I, I the whole field was spread. I mean, it was it was awful. It was the worst looking restart. And this is just people. Reacting, and again, it looks like when you throw the green, and you take a snapshot. It's like eleven. What the f are you doing? Like I'm three car lengths back. Yeah. Well, it's because I see this guy laying back on me, and I'm like, well, I ain't gonna let you get away with that. I'm just gonna back up to you and make it make sure that you know <laughs> I'm not the one that's gonna get screwed here. So, but then you get screwed regardless. Yeah, no doubt. But I mean, you, neither either way, if I. If I sucked up, again, I was going to get put three wide, which I did anyway because he still had a run. Um, it just, yeah, we, we certainly as a series need to look a little better than that. We need to do a better job as drivers. Um, I need to do a better job and not, you know, just kind of looking forward there. But, you know, then my crew chief would have been on my ass like, you know, why'd you, lay, why'd you let him lay back like that? So um, it's a tough spot to be in. We just all got to be a little bit better professionals and um, – and, and do it uh, do it the right way. But You and Reddick took four tires, but had you been up front with your car, could two tires have worked? I know it's an if. My you car just... was so good. Uh, maybe, but Travis, who knows? We can't predict how many cars other cars are going to take two. Um, certainly, if we started on the front row with Daniel, I would have liked to have think we could have cleared him off a of turn two, um, regardless of what lane I started in, but who knows, right? If, if a car... Say that's that's true, right? A caution happens off of turn two. We got to restart. Well, now I got four tires right on my ass. Like then I'm done. So I think the call was right. Uh, I just didn't do a very good job on that restart whatsoever. And um, and yeah, we we lost. The most liked comment on the replay that NASCAR posted on Instagram is Denny was more worried about blocking than winning. Cost both the five and the eleven. Of course. <laughs> yeah of course but hey i i'm out there trying to win for myself we 
we were in control of the race. We should have won the race, and we didn't. But that's just uh, that's NASCAR racing. You know, it's it's very different than other sports where if the competition makes a mistake, you usually capitalize in other sports. In ours, the competition makes a mistake, it can screw you and you lose it on pit road. So it's just uh, it's part of it. It's what makes it so hard to to win a championship uh, in this series is that you just untimely cautions can just absolutely ruin things, right? Uh, Carl Edwards was cruising like I was this weekend at Homestead, and NASCAR throws a caution for I think debris or something it and it changed the champion of our series. So um it's 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 by chance. I hate to say it that sometimes luck luck is a factor. There's no question. I hate the word luck in racing, but it's uh it certainly is a factor in our championship. Well Reddick wins uh, an additional five playoff points. He's locked into the round of twelve. Does it change the outlook of his playoffs for you? Uh another win. Yeah. Already advancing. Yeah, it does. I think that they're, you know, where that team has lacked, it's not been speed, it's been execution. And a lot of it has been, you know, uh, on 2311, we've had a rough pit road for those guys. Um, it's been a tough, I, th- you know, we keep track of it. This should be like his fourth or fifth win um, on the season. He's uh, he's performed really well. We just had some pit road woes that's kept him out of uh, three victories. Um but, you know, this was a one where he probably wasn't going to win, but did. So, and it's because he's executed. He's continuing to put himself in position to to get that caution when he needs it, right? Um, this These are the ones that, ah, you shouldn't have won, but but you did, right? Because you did a great job of executing and, and playing the race management game the right way. So, I, I look at it as a positive, and, and these guys are they're fast everywhere they go. So... As long as they can keep it together, um, who knows how far these guys can go. Can I get an updated post-Kansas pickleball driver rankings? Since I heard, Yeah, those. I'm last. I'm, I stink. All right, we should go play that game that we never... Well, I mean, you still, wouldn't, you still wouldn't beat me. <laughs> okay. But um, I didn't play good. I, shout out to Chip Wow from uh, um, NASCAR for helping set up a pickleball court there on uh, turn two side. Uh, of the racetrack he had some lights for us he had a couple pickleball courts and uh yeah it was uh, austin Dillon was out there ricky stenhouse uh justin haley uh, myself ryan blaney bubba wallace um i thought i played the worst of anyone um i was out of it a little bit like i i just i just came from dinner i was full didn't feel well you know i'm just gonna give all the excuses i possibly can um but I just didn't – I don't know what it was. I just didn't play as well as I normally do. Um, but, yeah, it was it was fun. So I, I like that, you know, they're giving us, you know, some extracurricular stuff to do besides sitting in our bus on on, on any given Saturday night or whatever. So it was a lot of fun. Um, Chip's got a great game, by the way. He's got some great top spin he puts on it. Um, he's more athletic than you think. Uh, so – he was he was a pretty impressive pickleball player. Now I know why he was trying to set up a game so much. <laughs> you always want to play a game you're good at. I need to before we finish. I need to give a shout out to Phil Pot on your eleven crew because I told him when my fantasy football team kicked his ass this week that I'd mention it on here, and I mean I demolished him. So. Demolished him, huh? Yeah. Well, it's you know the eleven uh, eleven team has its fantasy football draft. Uh, how'd I do this weekend? 
you won, I believe. Yeah. Mm. That's good. Um, I, I've got a strong team. Uh, I have a co-manager of my team. <laughs> I was about to say, how much I've, did you put in a draft in your team? Well, I'm a, I'm a general manager. Yeah, you did win. You beat yeah, you beat Austin. Okay, yeah, I'm a general manager. Uh, my friend Charlie's, uh, you know, co-manager of that team, and uh, you know, yeah, it's listen. It's hard for me to you know be up at two a.m. picking up the waiver wires and shit like that. Like you know, and you know, you gotta have you gotta delegate sometimes. Sure, sure. sure. <laughs> It'll be fun. It'll be fun yeah. to, to keep up with that over the course of this season and all the smack talk that goes along with it. Awesome. Well, hey, in uh, not too many weeks. In Las Vegas, we've got uh, Dale Jr. and friends going to do a little Dirty Mo live again. Uh, they're also going to have the Door Bumper Clear guys out there in Vegas. So uh, the show is going to be on Friday, October 13th at the Westgate um, in Las Vegas Resort and Casino. Um, this will be like Dale Jr. that you've never seen. And if you aren't there, you're not going to be able to see it. The show won't be posted after. Um, so make sure you get your tickets at Visit Dirty Mo Media. Uh, go visit dirtymomedia.com slash live. Uh, the VIP packages are almost sold out, so don't wait on that. So go see the Dirty Mo Media guys. Uh, door Bumper Clear, Mike Davis, Dale Jr. in Vegas. That'll be must-see. We got a review from Cellus45. They say, love listening every week. Never thought I'd be listening to a podcast of a driver I hate. Although since starting to listen to Actions Detrimental, I've adopted a newfound respect for Denny. However... I still hate him and will root it. continue to boo him each and every Sunday. I, I appreciate it. Thanks for thanks for leaving us a, a, a review. We really do appreciate you listening. What you think about me is irrelevant. Uh, all we hope to do is continue to enter, entertain you guys, uh, give you some more information, let you know what you uh, didn't see or did see on TV this weekend or whether you were in person. Hopefully you came out to Kansas to, to watch it. Um, we got some great races. We got a... Bristol night race coming up this weekend. Um, looking forward to that. You know, it's going to be a pressure, pressure-free weekend for the 11 team. We're going to go up there, try to win the race, do everything we can to put on a great show, and then we're going to move on to the round of 12. Reminder to rate, review, follow wherever you get your podcast, and be sure to subscribe to Dirty Mo Media on YouTube. Each week, we put up a couple uh, clips throughout the week, and then on Friday, the full video podcast is posted. Denny, you also had a fan. Uh, somebody tweeted you during the race. He said, this dude straight down in our section, sitting front row, definitely giving Denny Hamlin the bird every time he passes. Best fan of the year award. Mm. Every time I passed? Every time you pass. So that's... If, 267 times. Well, and if that's double birds... Yeah, 512? 14? 14. Well, only passed 267 times. Yeah, but two of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he gave me the 11th. All right, awesome. Well, hey, listen... Those out there cheering, I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. Thank you. I, I see all the uh, DH gear out there. So more than I've ever seen. Appreciate you guys. Keep tuning in. We'll see y'all post Bristol. Check out Dirty Mo Media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.